You know, I mean, it all starts with culture. Um, you're talking about reading the book, The Four Agreements. Like you said, it's an amazing book. Many businesses read uh, books like Who Moved My Cheese, Think and Grow Rich, things like that are, you know, icons for creating the culture that you want in your company. Um, and because, you know, I am a marketing company with a strong publishing division, what I can tell you is there's no better culture document than to put in writing, put it in book form, no matter how long it is, doesn't have to be a big book, but a doc, in fact, your employees will appreciate it if it isn't a huge book, um, you know, to document your journey. What, where was the germ of the idea? What did you go through? What were the struggles you had? Be vulnerable with them and tell them, it's like, look, you know, I wasn't perfect. You should see this thing I did to screw up when we first started here and really bring them in because then you're establishing the culture for your specific company. Thank you, right. sir, for uh, joining me on another, on another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. Everyone, I'm here today with Steve Kidd. I got some paperwork here, and it talks about like a best-selling author. Are you a best-selling author? I am actually a best-selling author as of today of 21 books. Whoa. My 21st book actually just launched uh, yesterday. Well, yeah, just launched today, actually, now that I think about it. So... And what and what are, what are the topics of your books? Well, you know, I mean, I've done everything across the board for my own stuff. This particular last one is a Christian book, um, but most of my books are business related and specifically talking about the process of, uh, you know, writing, publishing, marketing your book to bestseller, and all the other marketing things that come beyond that. And do you have a radio show? Also, a couple of radio I, shows. I have a radio show. It's syndicated. Um, we're in a whole bunch of markets around the United States. It goes out to about 8 million live. It's called Thriving Entrepreneur. Nice. First week of December of last year was our eight-year anniversary. Wow. And how, what's the discussion like on there? Well, you know, we focus on the concept of thriving in life and business. Um, and uh, really being a thriving entrepreneur, as we kind of have as our foundational guideline for it is, Everybody's an entrepreneur. Um, some of us own businesses and run them, but all of us are uh, in charge of the CEO, if you will, of the business of being you, of running your life. Yes, we are each our own kind of entity, right? Mm -hmm. and business is an entity, and it all starts with us, the individual. I have my own business, Sheath. Shout out to sheathunderwear.com. But it is, you know, I'm the... CEO and I have to make mainly a lot of like the the decisions I let mm -hmm. I give my team leaders autonomy to make their own decisions ideally they come up with their own you know like decisions for running their departments so that I don't have to have everything run through me but yeah. whenever there's a problem it, it comes to me I uh but, but I would like to do better if you can give me some advice. Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, it all starts with culture. Um, you're talking about reading the book, The Four Agreements. Like you said, it's an amazing book. Many businesses read uh, books like Who Moved My Cheese, Think and Grow Rich, things like that are, you know, icons for creating the culture that you want in your company. Um, and because, you know, I am a marketing company with a strong publishing division, what I can tell you is there's no better culture document than to put in writing, put it into book form, no matter how long it is, doesn't have to be a big book, but 
a doc, in fact, your employees will appreciate it if it isn't a huge book, um, you know, to document your journey. What, where was the germ of the idea? What did you go through? What were the struggles you had? Be vulnerable with them and tell them. It's like, look, you know, I wasn't perfect. You should see this thing I did to screw up when we first started here and really bring them in because then you're establishing the culture for your specific company um, rather than trying to go through a book like the four agreements and have discussions about how does that apply to us. You can specifically talk about how the way you intentionally built the company or unintentionally and then get intentional about it, built the company um, does and is the culture that we want to have here in the company. And um, that is most definitely the, if not the most, one of the most powerful documents you'll ever create. And like you said, putting it out in writing and inspiring not only your employees, but your customers, potential customers, and even, you know, people ancillary to your customers. That's, that's huge. You think I could be a best selling author? Not only do I think you can, I know you can. I've done it literally thousands upon thousands of times with a hundred percent success rate. In fact, uh, my system works so well that I guarantee it. Um, if I don't make you a bestseller, I'll give you your money back. Oh, wow. Yeah. And who writes the book? So um, I always say, you know, everybody should be an author. Almost nobody is a writer. We do, or suggest to doing at least, all of the writing via interview. So much the same as you and I are doing this podcast here right now. Um, I get you on a Zoom in that particular case, and, and it's recording and being transcribed. And, um, you know, we just, there is a format to a book, but I just conduct that interview to just get you talking and just sharing with me the things. And as you talk, um, all of that comes out. And then we have content development editors that are going to go through and develop the story into something that flows and get you to sign off on that. And then grab grammar editors that'll make sure commas are in the right place. Graphics people to do the covers for you, formatters to format it for ebook and print form. Um, and then of course we have a whole formula for you know, making your book a bestseller and guaranteeing. And we do it in such a way so that we're researching it and putting your book in a category that's good for it. You know, we're not just looking to stick you into underwater basket weaving because we could, you know, rank good there. We want it to be something that's really, truly going to serve you. And uh, if the SEO on your book is set up right, um, anytime you drive traffic to Amazon, your book will, that will show in the rankings on your book. I just thought of the fact that I could probably rank pretty high in the entre underwear entrepreneurial category because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's probably not too many of those out there. But I don't know. I just create niche, and if you and if you niche it down even further, and you talk specifically men's underwear, you know, yes. and, and not saying that you don't necessarily have women's underwear, but. Um, you know, obviously, when men are looking for underwear, they want to see men's underwear, they don't want to see women's and vice versa. Women, I mean, there are some women that really think it's cool to wear men's underwear, but substantially speaking, you know, when they're looking for that, they want that. And so when we're more specific about what the specific one thing we're talking about in the book is, the more powerful it becomes, because then, you know, we're introducing just that concept, I'm not saying you can't have multiple books, but you know, it really is just focusing in on that so that you're talking to the person you really want to talk to. I mean, I would like to tell my, my story. I do think that it's semi-interesting, you know, starting from the nothing and oh, yeah. not that we're this 
huge Goliath of a company, but we do pretty well. We're in the sphere, we're in the game. And like you were saying, you it could increase our level of awareness as an organization by writing a book. That's one area we have not you know, delved into. So oh, yeah. that would be a great book for you, a great place to start. I mean, it'll be hugely inspiring to your company and it'll really pull people together because then they can really truly see and understand all of those things that are in you that you try to express to them, you know, in one or two minutes, you know, when you're going by because you're busy and you have work to do at work too. Um, you know, you can't just hang out and chat the whole time with your employees because then the company will fold, <laughs> um, you know, but by giving them that document, you can share all of that and they can really know your heart. I mean, it makes such a huge difference. Do you work with, you know, bigger companies or small companies or all kind of levels? I have, yeah, I mean, you name it, I've worked with them. I've worked with everywhere from stay-at-home moms. In fact, actually, uh, my my granddaughter, who will be 13 tomorrow, uh, wrote her first book when she was eight. So, you know, I've worked with children's authors as well as children that are authors, um, people that write adult erotic fiction. Um, and then I've also worked with very high-end um, both successful professional athletes, Olympians, uh, multi-billionaires who are running, uh, you know, Errol Abramson, his company uh, was averaging about $10 billion a year and we worked with him on his book. So, you know, and, and of course, everything in between. Yeah. Well, who's the last guy you said? Errol Abramson. Um, unfortunately, he passed away about a year and a half ago now, but um, Errol Abramson was a multi-billionaire. He started and sold off 47 companies with wow. no failures. Every single one of them made at least a million dollars net profit when he sold them off or more. Um, and then he had two companies he was running at the end of his life, one of which was was averaging about $10 billion a year of profit. Well, it's impressive. I just have this one company here and we're trying to keep it going, keeping it on the rails. Yeah, are you, you're also a marketing, like, um, guru? Well yeah. well, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I'm a marketing company with a strong publishing division. Um, I've been in sales and marketing literally my whole life, but officially a marketing company since 1988. Um, you know, we were early adopters in internet space. Actually, literally before we had web browsers, browsers and called it the internet. So I've been in digital marketing for quite a while, um, and, and have been doing book marketing since mid two thousand and seven. Um, and have worked with a lot of authors since then. How how have you dealt with the changes and all of the you know online marketing as of late? Well. You know, the fun thing about it is, is that on the one hand, there are nuances and you do have to keep on it. And um, and it's also, uh, you know, good to have people that you trust that can tell you, hey, here's what's working for us. Here's what's not. And then, you know, you don't have to spend all of your 24 hours a day just researching and knowing what nuances are changing. You know, you can empower people to do that. Um, and, and I do definitely have some amazing people on my team that that also help along those lines. Um, but a lot of it really, ironically, hasn't ever really changed. It's just a new nuance in something that works exactly the same way as it did since I've been in the business and since the people who were the gurus when I started in business 
since before they had started in business. You know, that's why you, you take a book like Think and Grow Rich, mm. um, even though it was written in the early 1900s, it still is a powerful document because um, all the principles in there still apply just as much today as they did, you know, back when it was first written. Yeah, it's my probably my favorite book. Yeah. And I was thinking of Bob Proctor. He was a pretty big evangelist for Think and Grow Rich and just that frame of thinking, that powerful, positive thinking. But like, what are some of the major core principles of marketing that have stood the test of time in your mind? Oh, yeah. Bob's amazing. I've actually had him on my show and several wow. other people that uh, were in his uh, latest book, When Thoughts Become Things. Whoa. Um, the core principles for marketing really boil down to a couple of really basic things. Number one, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um. Um, it is all about the client, not about you. Our skills, our gifts, our talents, the thing that we bring to the world in, even in the very, very tangible, you know, underwear is very, very tangible kind of a thing. Um, it has to do with letting the person know that they should do use your product versus something else because you genuinely, uniquely care about having them as a client and you genuinely want their business because you want to do good by them. Um, now, there are business models where, uh, you know, your intentional business model is to create a product that is intended to be a throwaway, you know, like paper plates. I mean, paper plates are not marketed as being as good as your grandmother's china that's been passed down for generations. But when you're done with the paper plate, you can just throw it in the garbage and you don't have to do dishes. So, you know, there's it's about knowing your marketing. But number one, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Um and secondly is the fact that we buy from people that we know, like, and trust. Um, mm -hmm. And there's certain elements to know, like, and trust. Part of it is our vulnerability. You know, so going back to that document we were talking about, being vulnerable enough to not only show all the amazing things we do, because we do, but also the places that we've struggled and the things that were difficult for us. Um, and then they begin to like us because of the fact that we used that genuine because we didn't have to try to be anything more than what we are and then most of the trust actually comes from third-party validation that's where your book and becoming a bestseller is so powerful mm. whether like the guy you said you know your book's a bestseller for a day or like think and grow rich you know your book has been on the bestseller list for more than a hundred years um, in each of those aspects it is a third-party site Amazon being the one I rely on because there's a statistically driven meaning that it's based on sales and not based just on wholesale purchases or an editor's opinion. Uh -huh. um, and, uh, you know, you get that validation. Hey, during this hour, this week, this day, whatever, this 10 years, um, this book sold more copies than the books that are ranked below it. That would be pretty sweet. I think I said this earlier already, but to be a best-selling author, that's just, you could put that in your bio or, you know, in your little Twitter profile. Oh, yeah. Could and should. I mean, yeah. best-selling author is the number one influencer credential. My medical doctors would be the first ones to tell you they get more out of saying that they're a best-selling author than they do out of saying, I've been a doctor in this field for 20 years. Wow. 
Uh, yeah, I guess being a doctor, you would really want your patients to know that you care. And I think that you would be able to show that you care individually in each case management instance as you're dealing with each patient, you know, really maybe spend more than five minutes with them. <laughs> but for an underwear company, you know, how do you show that you care so much? Well, I mean, it's about you're in a similar market, like say, for example, Coca-Cola is. It's yes. about the experience that the person's going to have. So the best Coke commercial I've ever seen, it was at, in a movie theater, um, you know, and just as before the movie started, they were showing this commercial and they just simply poured a Coke into this cup and they just made it. And it was just like, I mean, you wanted, you wished you were at home so you could hit pause, you know, because they don't do that in the theater for just you. Um, but, uh, you know, you wanted to run out and grab a Coke because it just really made it appealing. The same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. the same thing is true with your product. Um, again, I, I'm just kind of assuming that you want to be known for quality product. Absolutely. Um, you want to let the people know how does it feel. You know, you're not selling um, the bacon. You're selling the sizzle. Yeah. Okay? It's about, uh, you know, that wonderful, if you like bacon. And, and I apologize to everybody that doesn't like bacon. I okay, love bacon. But, but I love bacon, okay? Uh, and we had it this morning, okay? And it's that, you know, when the bacon starts smelling and it just starts permeating the whole house. And you get to that place where you're like, you know, what I was working on was important, but I think I just want to go have some bacon right now. You know what I mean? The right. same thing is true, even in a very utilitarian, can be very utilitarian product is, how does this feel? How does this make me feel? Why is it better for me? What are the things, um, you know, back in the day, Fruit of the Loom used to talk about their super band waistband that snaps back wash after wash. And um, I was little back then, so I guess I don't really know if back in the you know early 70s most waistbands on underwear wore out really quick and fell off of people's bodies i i don't know but you know they made a big deal out of it there was um this was probably a 1960s might have even been 50s campaign for beer manufacturers and one of the beer companies i apologize for not remembering which they did a marketing program that said we steam clean our bottles okay Smart. Right? That sounds good. Every single beer company steam cleans their bottles before they put the beer in it. You know, they don't just pull them out of the garbage and throw them in there and throw <laughs> some beer in it. You know what I mean? Every single company did that. But nobody had talked about the fact we steam clean our bottles before we put this beer in there. And that's why ours is the best and the freshest. And, you know, and... um you know, I mean, obviously you don't see that commercial now because everybody does it. And, you know, eventually their competitors are like, well, we steam clean our bottles too. And <sighs> that messaging doesn't work. You know, you can't go, well, we do it too. You know? uh, that would be a funny marketing <laughs> so campaign. It's about putting that client in the place of feeling like they're like, you know, if I, if I wore that product, I can have this feeling you know, whatever that feeling you want to emote is. And, and that comes from knowing your client well enough to know what feeling they, they're looking to want to have from the product that you have. There was this commercial a couple years ago, maybe as far back as 10 years ago, and it was like New York City is the setting, and they're in these high-rise buildings. It's summer. It's super hot. Air conditioner's not working. They're sweating. 
and the dude's like opening up the fridge to get just some cool air but he grabs a nice cool can of dr pepper i think it was or squirt or something and it but it it sticks out in my mind because with sheath the idea is to keep you cooler in these extremely hot situations because the uh male private parts is probably it's like one of the hottest parts of the body and so the it can get really hot and uncomfortable and sticky and we're trying to eliminate we would say we used to we have all these catchphrases but like sticky situations we would say sometimes and because as a pouch for the boys keeps you cool and we did a we did one commercial that's been running for like two years on facebook and it's our main model steven he's low he's in south texas where it's always pretty hot at least in the summer like extremely hot right. and he's mowing the lawn and he's like readjusting himself and he's super uncomfortable and then he gets a pair of sheath he puts them on and then he's like it's like he's drinking lemonade in the shade you know and it's mm -hmm. like super but i want to recreate that because that's really the main the feeling you get from sheath and i really appreciate you having this conversation with me because yeah absolutely that's what know, i love to do it is all I, that's what i love to do i love to talk yeah. business specifically my business and how to make it better you know how to level up if you will and this has it's like i said it's been running for about two years but i want to make a new and improved one and i have the image kind of in my mind because i'm basically gonna copy that coke dr pepper commercial but not exactly you know he's not gonna yeah. grab a soda from the, yeah. he's gonna grab a pair of underwear from the fridge that would be kind of funny <laughs> right. well you could do the comparison of you know one guy's out and sweating and the only thing he can figure to do is to put the underwear in the fridge and that look I mean, if you can get your model to do it, to get that look on his face when he pulls up ice, ice cold underwear, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then show the, the look on another guy's face where he just gets it out of the drawer and pulls up yours. And, you know, it's like, you know, that same feeling that you have of, you know, <laughs> ice drawers. I mean, obviously, that's not the marketing language you use, but, you know. Yeah, it, it's totally, I like it. I love it new ideas for marketing because we, it's kind of fun you know you can have fun with it and i imagine you have that's how so you have a marketing firm that has a strong publishing section Correct. and you is this kind of like what you do though with with clients you know just kind of come up with new ideas oh yeah in fact um with all that i do really what i am my gifting um, I'm an up-level expert. I I see trends and topics, and I like to say I live in the air that's in front of the bleeding edge of the sword, um, you know, and uh, people who want it, they love it, and when it's my kids, you know, they're all grown now, so especially they don't like it now, but, you know, when they come to me with an idea and my brain just automatically says, and then you could do um, you know, they're like, Dad, can't we ever do anything right? It's like, no, that was an amazing idea. I just, I'm so excited about it. Here's some more things you can do, you know? And mm -hmm. so, yeah, I love doing that. I mean, in a perfect world, I just spend 20 hours every day 
I think I can still live on four hours of sleep. Um, you know, just talking to people and 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 doing the same kind of up level. You know, what's your com- what what is your company called? The name of my company is Thriving Bestsellers. Beautiful. And where are you based out of again? Well, the company actually is a Wyoming corporation. Uh, my brother and I just bought my uncle's house in central Kansas. So I'm in the middle of nowhere in Kansas right now. We're in the process of remodeling this house and we'll see where life takes us from there. But I was living in Southern California for the five years previous to that. So, um, yeah, I was just mm-hmm. in La Jolla and it's very nice. I was right up the road from there. I, I lived in a little town called Fallbrook, which is on the north end of San Diego County. Okay. Right by Camp Pendleton. Yes. Camp Pendleton. What is, are they, what is that island? Is that um, the island, Camp Pendleton? No, Camp Pendleton is actually inland. It's there north of uh, Oceanside, but you're thinking of um, Catalina Island. Okay. All right. That is, that is, that's Catalina Island. I thought there was an island where the Marines trained, but I guess that's just Camp Pendleton. Well, there's also several other little islands that are just off of the California coast that they do a lot of, a lot of training on. Okay. All um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Side note, I was just talking to my wife about it or my mom and we were trying to think and I was like, Catalina, I was saying Catalina. And she was like, no, it's a different island. And I'm like, well, then I don't know where you're talking about, but love the weather, you know, in California, but it, I had to move also. I don't know why you moved, but the cost of living was so ridiculous. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to buy a house. Um, yeah i always say i love the weather love the ocean never have time to go and couldn't come up with another idea Um, although i could tell you now because i live in the middle of nowhere i do very much miss instacart and doordash and and home delivery um, Mm. because nobody delivers when you're 30 miles away from the nearest store um (laughs) but uh, Uh. but i I, you know i don't regret not being there i mean it was a good place to be and i'm glad that i'm not there yeah, it's a great place to visit. Yeah. That's what I would say. I'm, I, I should be going back. We were looking at houses, just, you know, dreaming. And my wife was like, oh, here's a nice one. It's only $47 million. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, because otherwise, if you're going to buy a regular size house, it's still like a million plus probably or something ridiculous. So, and then... Not to mention all the other. Oh yeah, yeah. California re- real estate is is just crazy. Yeah, so I'll just go. I like I went and stayed at the shore in La Jolla. It's two hundred fifty bucks a night. I stayed for three nights and I got my fix and I came home. But I live in the middle of nowhere too. It's in the middle of the Colorado mountains and it's it can be. There's pros and cons to both, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But try to make dreams come true here, people. So stay positive. And, you know, like the thing I want people to know is because I'm just very average. I'm very average. That's the best word I could say and, and all the levels. And I took an idea took it from that and manifested it into a company where we just had our 10 year anniversary and we doubled every year in size since inception 
which is something that's remarkable. It's worth saying. We'll note people. Yes, and so I want to share my story, which is why I have you on here, because you're a best-selling author maker. I need to make a book, write a book. And I've been talking about it forever. You know, people talk, 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 talk. Well, here's the thing, Robert. You know, if, if, uh, if you're ready to do it, you could be not just have your book written, but have it be published and be a best-selling author in the next 30 days. What? Yeah. 30 to 90 days is really, 90 days is really the max that the system that I've created really takes. Okay. Yeah. I would want to, I'm very interested. We'll have to, to either talk online or you can tell me more about how to make that happen. Uh, I'm offline. Right now, though, you want to tell me how, how that would happen? Sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, you're already an expert at what you do. You've been you your whole entire life. You've been practicing for your book without even knowing it. And so first, we're going to start off with a strategy call. I mean, obviously, I charge for my services, but of course. You, you assumed that. Of um, course. We're going to start off with a strategy call, and we're going to talk about, you know, who are you, what's unique about you, and most importantly, who do you want to talk to? Who is the book for? So... Um, during the course of this discussion, we've talked about two different people. There are the men that wear your underwear, um, and you could write a book specifically about that. Um, and then there's also that document of the people that are going to be employees of you. And you wouldn't want to try to cram those two into one book. Those are two different things. Um, both have their value, but, you know, it's a matter of we can talk through, you know, what's the first book that you need to bring out into the world. Um, and and then that way I can both begin the process of the SEO for your book because really ranking as a best-selling author more than anything is about optimizing your book for the search engine that is Amazon. Um, uh -huh. And I can also then hold the space for your reader, for the person that's a book for, and, and keep you um, in the realm of helping and serving them. And that's part of the reason why the secret to doing it in 30 days, or we've even did one book in actually three and a half days. So it can go very fast. I'm not saying that I asked my staff to work 24 seven, like we did on that one, but um, you know, but it, it has the potential for that. And um, you know, that way it keeps you motivated and keeps you moving forward because it's about somebody that needs what you're writing. Um, and then we literally just get on zoom. We're going to talk for, the first time about an hour to an hour and a half. I've found that after about an hour and a half of doing your book writing session, uh, it tends to be kind of burnout, you know, because uh -huh. my my objective is to get you to talk as much as possible. Um, and if you're talking for an hour and a half straight, you know, you get to the place where you're just kind of sick of hearing yourself talk. <laughs> um, but then we can take that. And like you said, a story development editor can come in, see what we've got, tell us what we don't have, kind of help organize it into a flow um, and then give you back feedback of, you know, here's what's missing. You told us a story about Aunt Jan, but you never finished telling us what happened to Aunt Jan, you know, or this, in this case, the guy in South Texas, you know? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, so we can then take that. In some cases, it's a sentence or two here and there, and the content, the unedited content is done. Um, in other cases, we jump on Zoom and we'll do another session, sometimes even two more sessions when necessary, so that we have all the content. Um, we are specifically looking for a book that content is king, so it needs to be as many pages as it needs to be, but we want to take a point, 
We want to make that point really clear and give the people a clear action from that point. Uh, and we do that because of the fact that if you went to something like Google and you said, you know, why do I always deal with sweating down there? <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, and there's pro I'm sure there's better keywords than that, but that was just off the top of my head. Um, somebody does a search for that. Google doesn't have the ability to say, you know, chapter five of this book has, you know, the absolute explanation of why that is versus if you do a book that talks about stopping that, um, just as an example, uh -huh. then Amazon spends billions of dollars with Google advertising and Google can say, hey, there's a book that addresses the solution to that problem right there for you. And so then they drive the traffic and, you know, so it's, so that's why we do that one point, make it really clear and give them a clear action from that. And then there's a second point, which usually there is, that becomes a second book and that's the way we approach it. In fact, Amazon has proven that out. They've found that if your book is a hundred pages or less, more than 60% of people that get the book will read it and finish it. I'm talking print pages. Um, if your book is between 101 and 200 pages, that drops to about 20%. Um, and if your book goes over 200 pages long, it's actually less than 3% of people that ever finish your book. Um, more words are just simply more words. They don't really actually help the person more. Um, and we take them one step at a time. So um, that would be, we would, once we have that content nailed, then like I said, we're going to go to a grammar editor. Um, and <clears throat> while the grammar editor is editing it, we'll work on your cover for your book. Um, and then it'll be formatted for both ebook and print form so that it's in hardcover like my book is. And, um, you know, well, or, or this one's paperback, but you can get in paperback or hardback. Um, you know, and, and so that it's formatted for each of those um, so that you can read it on a phone or you could read it on a whole wall TV in, in Kindle format. And, uh, you know, and then we run the campaign and we will absolutely make your, your book a bestseller. Like I said, I guarantee it. I've done it thousands upon thousands of times. Love doing it. Just did it, you know, like I said, starting today with my own book. Um, it's number one in three categories in the U.S. and number one in one category in Australia and number two in that in Australia as well. And then it's it just just before I came on here uh, became number 32 in Christian living in in the U.K. So, um, you know, the process works and it's just a matter of me you know, working it for you. And and then we're going to handle that whole campaign. And before you know it, you are no longer just Robert, but you are best-selling author, Robert. And you can uh, use that title in everything you do for everything you do forever on. That's wild. What about audiobooks? I mean, just the audio version of the book. Have you ever f helped facilitate Oh, yeah. I mean, that? I help the people with the audiobook. I'm going to strongly suggest to you that you do the audio for your book for sure um especially because you know you've got a podcast so you're used to talking in a microphone and we walk you through the nuances of that and we can either uh get for you on your behalf a technical person who will then do the mix downs for you or tell you where to go to get it whichever you know wow. i mean it's just about it's about empowering you um but then yeah we do a cover um the covers for audiobooks are square like those of us that are old enough to remember CD cases, yeah. um, they're based off of the shape of a CD case versus a book being rectangular. So, we, you know, we have to make a little different cover for your audiobook, but we make that for you. Um, and we upload it to um, ACX, which is um, is audible. And, uh, wow. you know, and your book would be available in that format as well. 
I would be, I've heard pros and cons of just the doing of the audiobook itself. It is, can be a nightmare if it's a super long book, probably. But I, this is kind of an aside, but I just started this Toastmasters club. Have you heard of that? Toastmasters? Yeah. All you out there, go join the Toastmasters. Because it's supposed to help you become a better public speaker. And even though I've been doing, this is probably one of, close to my 100th plus episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast, I still could use some improvement for sure. So, like I said, not terribly relevant here other than constant improvement. Have you ever um, attended one of those? Um, I have been to a Toastmasters event and many yeah. others of those. You know, plus, like I said, I grew up in a, in a pastor's home, so All I've right. been just speaking from stage literally my whole life. But oh. there are some nuances because of my background in radio and working um, in studios that I can I can show you pretty easily with all the equipment that you already have, how to be able to actually read through that book effectively. Um, and like you said, there's a technical back to the end of it, but we bring in a technician to do that. The reading part of it, you know, little things like the fact that right then I just said, you know, we can yeah. just note that we did that. And all we do is we just stop for a second, give about a four or five second pause. So there's a break there. And then the audio engineer can go in and be like, there's something that went wrong there. And if we just read the thing totally wrong, say the totally wrong word, same thing. We just stop back up to where, you know, the beginning of that sentence or whatever, and then just start reading and we just keep recording on through. And, and that also is of course the power of having your book be a little bit smaller versus, you know, reading a book that's going to be 18 or 20 hours of audio, like, you know, your typical three, 350 page book is that can be kind of draining. <laughs> so I do appreciate you coming on here, Steve Kidd. He's the best-selling author and radio talk show host of Thriving Business. Right? Thriving Entrepreneur. Thriving Entrepreneur. And it's syndicated all over the world, probably in America mostly. Almost <laughs> exclusively, I think. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on here. I will we'll have to get in touch about writing this book. Absolutely. Glad to help you anytime. Anybody that wants to talk about writing their book, just go to askstevekid.com. It'll take you right straight to my, my calendar and, and you can schedule the time. Glad to help anybody out. Thank you, Steve.